0: This is Paul Adamson and I'm in conversation with Annan Menon. Annan Menon is director of the UK Interchanging Europe project based at King's College London. Annan, we're going to talk about the UK referendum on membership of the EU, obviously. So why did the UK vote to leave?
1: Well, in terms of why people voted leave, one of the interesting things is I think people voted leave for a whole variety of reasons and we're seeing that now in the fight over what out means. Uh, There are some who voted leave because they're obsessed by the issue of sovereignty, democracy, control. There are others for whom immigration was the major issue, and there are still others, and I think these are the most interesting lump of people, if you like, for whom the vote gave an opportunity to rebel against an establishment they'd seen as having abandoned them for many years. So it wasn't not so much that they have a vote against the EU per se, it was a vote against the British government. Well... Actually, I'd say the British political system rather than the British government. I mean, certainly very few Tories voted the way David Cameron wanted them to. So I think it's wrong simply to focus on Labour as having problems. Much attention is focused on Jeremy Corbyn, but actually the Conservatives were the real problem. But I think this was a protest against what we now in Britain call all the time the establishment. OK. But
0: therefore, on the Labour side, I mean, they were supposed to be the, the key swing of voters and, and, and okay, the jury's out in terms of how many people actually, of the proportion of Labour voters actually turn out to vote on the day. But why did Labour not succeed in, in, in galvanising, motivating more of its,
1: of its base, of its supporters to vote, remain on the day? Well, there are probably many reasons for that. and I don't think Corbyn's half-heartedness helped, uh, but there is. A genuine sense of rage in some of the northern constituencies and over in East London that they have been systematically ignored by a Westminster elite that, because of First Past the Post, can systematically ignore them. I mean, one of the interesting things about this vote was that if you go look at the northeast of England, for instance, places where in general elections you get a 50% turnout in safe Labour seats were registering 75 76% turnouts and a massive vote in favour of leave, which shows that a lot of people. Who never vote came out to vote in this referendum and the one thing I'd say about this referendum is amongst all the analysis of what it means for our relationship with the European Union is it was a real mobilizing moment in British politics and I hope that's something our politicians will take advantage of.
0: But with these Labour voters who were who are voting leave of course they were they were putting against their own party's interests because their leader was saying vote remain.
1: Yes I don't, but I don't think party played a particularly strong role in this. I mean, one of the problems, amongst the number of problems there are with referendums is, particularly when they're to do with the European Union, is they divide parties. And one of the reasons why the polls were so uncertain in the run-up to the actual vote is because parties were giving mixed messages out. And so people who were already very ill-informed about the European Union were genuinely uncertain how to vote.
0: Okay, so so what happens next? The result is the result. I You're saying that the result is the result, that the the people have decided and voted to leave, so what happens
1: next? Well, what's interesting about this, well, one of many things that's interesting about this referendum is the people have decided what they don't want. They don't want to be members of the European Union. On that day, that's what they decided. Uh, What isn't clear is what people do want, and here we go back to your first question, which is why did people vote to leave? And there are two distinct visions. There is, if you like, the cosmopolitan lever, uh, the Daniel Hannan, the Douglas Carswell who thinks this will make Britain an independent, liberal, low-tax, uh, offshore economy. We'll still be open to migrants who we still need and will become a great trading nation again. And then there's what Douglas Carswell referred to in a debate last night as the nativist view, which is the sort of Nigel Farage UKIP view, which is this is this is not an opening to the world, this is a pulling up of the drawbridge. Now those two views are antithetical it so happens there was an unholy alliance between them in the vote and they all voted to leave but what they were voting for were very different things
0: Okay did I know that the the remain Camp was accused many times of a project fear, if you like, but it in its most extreme form. But also of overstating the the, the downside and overstating even the benefits of staying in. Well, the other side has been seen as a downright mendacity of lying about many things, and we know that to a certain extent because they said themselves they were not actually meaning what they said. Do you have any sympathy for that? Have people got any grounds for having for having not just remorse, buyer's remorse, but being actually rather rather angry that they were they were lied to?
1: I'm always angry when politicians lie, but I'm cynical enough to think that this isn't a one-off and it happens most of the time. Certainly some of the things that the Leaf camp said were palpably and provably untrue, the 350 million. I could turn that on its head and say George Osborne promised that if we voted to leave, we'd have an emergency budget, which was shelved. I could also point to the fact that the Prime Minister said if we voted to leave, he would not resign. Absolutely not. And he would trigger Article 50, neither of which happened. So, you know, politicians say what they need to say. I have absolute respect for David Cameron in saying he wouldn't leave if we voted to leave, because if he had said he would resign... Loads of Labour voters, even more of them, would have voted to leave to see the back of him. So there are good reasons for this, but I don't think we should kid ourselves and think that on either side everyone was trading simply in, in honesty here.
0: I know it's early days after the vote. We're about ten days after the event, but there's a feeling uh, that you know the country is slightly leaderless at the moment. Not just in terms of people running their their different parties, but also in terms of having a sense of direction. You said just now, people okay voted against maybe EU membership on the day, but they didn't, they weren't sure what they were voting for. So and but nor do our leaders seem to have a clear idea at the moment what what the new plan B or whatever uh, the future of, of the UK is going to
1: be. So what happens now? Well. Who knows is my simple answer to that. I find it staggering, I have to say, that the government and civil service had not got some sort of plan. And I think it's slightly unfair when Vote Leave are criticised for not having a plan because they're not our government. They're not, many of them aren't in government and they're certainly not holding the senior posts in government. I would have thought there would be a contingency plan, but there isn't one. So what will happen now is we will wait until we get a Prime Minister. Once we have a Prime Minister, he or she will decide what they want to do. Uh, If Theresa May wins, then it looks like even more uncertainty because she's saying that we won't trigger Article 50 until next year. Whether other member states are willing to tolerate that will depend on what's happening, by which I mean, firstly, there's been an interesting shift as far as I can see in continental Europe from saying, let's get this done very quickly to a dawning realization by about the time of the European Council that Britain looks like it's sort of tossing in the wind and rudderless and its economies in freefall. We should watch this for a bit because it's a salutary lesson to our own Euro skeptics. So it's hard to avoid the impression that some European leaders are rather enjoying the sight of us suffering for having left. Whether that continues will partly determine what what people's attitudes are, but I see absolutely why other European states now want to move on. We've taken a decision. They're suffering from uncertainty in their markets. The Italian stock market fell more than ours on the Friday and the Monday after our vote. And there's no reason why they should have to tolerate this uncertainty indefinitely simply because we're finding ourselves unable to govern ourselves. Well, I think the last question then. the This uncertainty you talk about is obviously very
0: widespread and that it doesn't help by the fact that there are so many different possible scenarios out there which are nourished also by different statements by different politicians. There's Angela Merkel, Jean, Jean-Claude Juncker and all different political positions in between those two, Um, but there's now maybe a a new school of thought that uh, on the timing of the triggering of Article 50 that it won't take place until at least after the French presidential and German uh, federal elections are taking place next year.
1: Do you go along with that or not? I think it will be very difficult to hold these negotiations whilst presidential elections are going on in France and the Germans have their national elections as well, because of course elections change the nature of politics profoundly. That being said, it'll be a it'll be a balancing act between the need for speed, there might be some in continental Europe who want to get this done with, and the realities of politics. Whatever happens, politics will play their part, and I'm sure even now there are heads of firms ringing up the Elysee Palace saying when you sign your deal, make sure that you protect our sector. So whatever the economic rights and wrongs of Brexit, it'll be politics that determines the deal. Anna Menon, thank you very much for your time. Thank you.